Hello, beloved. Welcome to the Christ Mind Podcast with your host, A.D. Rose, a.k.a. Lexi, where we come together to shape our minds to become more like Christ. Welcome to the fifth episode of this season and also the last, ep- the last episode of the season of the UR series. Um, I broke this down in like seasons when it comes to like every series I do just so it can be organized on the podcast. I mean, I might change that in the future, but for right now it works because I am doing it um, by series. So yeah, this will be the last episode of this season, the first season, um, which I am so grateful that you decided to be a part of this journey with me, that you decided that I was worthy of listening to um, for these past five, six weeks now and yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you um today we're going to be talking about god's purpose for us so as you can tell from the title you are not alone um the enemy loves to tell you the opposite of that but you are definitely not alone um so far we have learned to humble our flesh we have learned that our suffering has a purpose we learned that our true enemy is ourself we learned about the gifts that god has given us and now we're going to learn what to do with those gifts and the testimony that our suffering and humbleness has given us this episode we will discuss god's purpose for us and how it is supposed to bless his people and build up his kingdom so all this is to end it off of just saying why what's the purpose of this like you what to make it all make sense of why we just went through episode one two three four like why do i have to do those things why are those things even useful it's because of this it's because it serves a purpose not for you but well it's for you of course but it's mainly for god's people and and for god and his kingdom and through all that um goodness you receive it too if that makes sense and so that's why we have to humble ourselves and be and not be so into ourselves and so into our own ways and so into our own thought processes and be about God's ways and God's thoughts and God's actions because he is he should be the the focal point of everything that we do and to give us the sight the clear sight of his purpose for us and when we get distracted by um, things on social media, things on TV, um, people, um, drugs, anything, alcohol, um, then our purpose gets very much tainted and we get confused and we get lost. And most people, when they feel that lost, they feel this need to cling on to themselves and instead of let go of themselves, and then they become way more and way less than what God has designed them to be um, and and created them to be. And so that's what we'll be discussing today. So I'm going to go into prayer and then let's do this. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trans our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil amen 
How Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Dear Father God, I just pray that you use me in this moment in any ways necessary. I pray that I get out of my flesh and I step into the Spirit and I be as one with the Spirit and I take in the fruit of the Spirit and be all nine of the gifts of the Spirit or the seven. And I just thank you for this moment. I thank you for this time. I thank you for my brother and sister in Christ. I thank you for all that you do for us, Father. And I ask that you just have fully full control in this moment, Father, over my mind, over my over my words, over my attitude, over my spirit. And I rebuke the flesh in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for that holy focus I always yearn for, Father. I pray for that holy courage for both parts, Father, for both me and my brother and sister in Christ. And I just ask that as we talk in today's episode that we truly um, may navigate through things that may confuse us about what the purpose you have in store for us is and just speak through me what needs to be spoken to your people, Father. This is yours. This is never mine. I want you and always you and not ever me nor anyone else. In Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Purpose, according to dictionarycambridge.org, says an intention or aim, a reason for doing something or allowing something to happen. According to biblestudytools.com, it says the world defines purpose in terms of power, pleasure, wealth, intellect, and vanity. Um, according to BibleGateway.com, it says biblically the term purpose, it doesn't, it's not more of a term, it's more so a concept. So, which concept means, let me look this up real quick because I forgot the exact definition of concept. But the reason why I start, these, start this off with the meaning and the definition of a word, of these words that we're going over, just so you can understand the true meaning i think we all just say some words sometimes and we don't really know what they actually mean and so they make absolutely no sense and so that's why i like to make sure to let you know what this is that we're talking about what the meaning of the actual word is so that it can come so it can come together and make more sense if that makes sense um so concept means like an idea like a conception um like an abs- uh, abstract abstraction um it's a theory hypothesis a belief it's an opinion of you, an image. These are just other words you can use. Um, an abstract idea, a general notion, a plan or intention, a con. Um, yeah, a plan or intention. So God's purpose is not just some term. You can't look up God, like what's God's purpose for us. And there's like a, a definition for it. Um, it's a it's a plan. It's an intention that he has for us. And um that doesn't come there's no like book definition to that so today um we're going to go through four articles there's they're not big articles they're not long articles but they're four articles that helped me um describe 
God's purpose for not only you, but for his people. And um, I enjoyed them very much. And so within those four articles, I broke them into four parts as well. And so we're going to start off with the first article, which um, in the first category, we're going to start off the first category, which is why though? And the first article to this category is why God made us though he knew we would sin. So, and this was on the website of catholic.com. And so the answer to this is, so some might think that God is quote unquote on the hook for original sin because if he had not created Adam and Eve, they would never have sinned, right? While that's humanly while that's a humanly understandable reaction, in one sense, it also reveals an imperfect understanding of what true love is. First, God, knowing something is going to happen, given his divine omniscience, doesn't mean he's going to cause something to happen. Again, God, knowing something is going to happen, does not mean he's going to cause something to happen. We still have our God our God-given free will by which we can choose to cooperate or nor co- or not cooperate with God's plan for humanity in general and for our lives in particular. God gives us free will to determine whether we will trust him to provide what's best for our best for us or whether we'll go quote unquote our own way in opposition of him. God doesn't know events no events in a pre deterministic sense he knows them because all history is present to him as the creator of time he cannot be limited by time so he doesn't have to wait for things to happen to know their outcome again god doesn't know events in a predeterministic sense meaning let me see pre predetermined means established or decided in advance okay so it's saying god doesn't know events in a pre like he already created them and and um he already created them that's why he knows them he knows them because all history is present to him as the creator of time he cannot be limited by time so he doesn't have to wait for things to happen to know their outcome here we see that true love is not i think it's corrosive carissa oh oh i'm gonna make sure to look up this oh wait thank god i have my phone right now because oh Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let me see. Coercive. Coercive? Coercive. <laughs> what? Coercive, I believe. Um, true love is not coercive. It respects the free will of the beloved. God doesn't let sin and death have the last word either, sending his only begotten son to become man and redeem us all through his one sacrifice of calvary so he gives us plenty of opportunities to repent and walk with him throughout our lives and to accept and preserve in his gift uh, persevere in his gift of salvation um it says let's see um catholic parents or christian parents um will have children knowing that they are born with original sin and will commit their um will commit 
their own sins. Does that mean they don't love their children, that they procreate? Of course not. They know that children are gifts from God and that he has a great plan for all his children, including eternal life, if they will receive that gift. And they themselves will work with God to see that happen for their children. So we see it also with God and our first parents. He knows they will sin and he knows that it will be their choice, not his. And he knows that he will send them a great redeemer, someone who will offer them an opportunity for eternal life, a greater life in communion with him than had they never sinned and only lived on earth forever. So we see in the end how loving our God really is. So again, if you were like, okay, you kind of lost me there. God knowing something is going to happen does not mean he's going to cause something to happen. That is where our free will comes in. And he doesn't know events in a predetermined sense in the way that he already created them. He knows them because all history is present to him as the creator of time. He cannot be limited by time. So he doesn't have to wait for the outcome to happen. So it's not like he created Adam and Eve and he was like, okay, I'm going to make them sin. And then everybody's going to and then everybody's going to just go through it. That's not what he did. He knew it beforehand because time he's not bounded by time. He is the creator of time. So it's just given to him. But it's not because he caused it to happen. So why did God make us though he knew we would sin? Again, like how it said, like even though we know our kids are born of original sin and going to continue to sin after we have them, we still love them we still procreate we still have a purpose to bring his children into the world and we're not going to just abandon them or not love them because of that we're still going to teach them and do right by them and so god does the same and that's why he's he um redeemed us on the cross and coming and being or died on the cross and redeemed himself through death of re of becoming alive being born again and so yeah so why though that's why <laughs> And then, yeah, he didn't create us to doom us. He created us to provide for us. Remember that. He didn't create Adam and Eve just so they can, he can watch them fall and laugh in their face. He created them so because he, he wanted so much goodness for them. They had so many plans. They had so many things that were supposed to happen. Um, but then they messed up their path. And they did something that they weren't supposed to. And it, it, it changed the path of the way. And so, but that wasn't his goal for them. That wasn't what he wanted for them. But that's just what happens whenever he gave them the gift of free will that he had to accept that they're not going to do what he wants to do. And he's not, they're not going to do what he has planned for them. And it's just loving them through it and being there for it. And that's how he is with us. And we tend to get into this shameful spiral because we think that he's like, it has, after try 100 million, after try 132, you think that this is the last try that he's finally given up on you. He will never give up on you. He's already knows that this is, this was to happen. So he's just only ever giving you grace and love and mercy always and just asking you to repent and confess and seek his forgiveness. Um, so the second part is God's purpose and plan revealed to us through the word. So this is article two and there's 10 scriptures and it's called 10 scriptures that will reveal God's purpose and plan for us. And this is the website livingontheedge.org. So this one was really, I liked every single scripture. I was only going to give you guys kind of a little bit and then, um, go from there but then this again i 
I do all this stuff for you guys like the articles it might not be like it might not seem like it might not be coming from my heart because I am using other people's wisdom but just some people can explain stuff and our Christian brothers and sisters can explain stuff way better than I can and that doesn't mean I lack the wisdom and knowledge it's just that I'm willing to open myself up to always help you guys through other through our other christian brothers and sisters because they put a lot of time and effort to do to answer these things and to do these things for us and and so i i want to make sure that their fruit is also being um produced well um and i'm definitely eating the fruit that they're giving out because oh this is good so yeah there is going to be the next series is not going to be as like article 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 based you know like the way this series type like kind of was um it's going to be more from my heart and more from like myself i guess um in scripture always but um this one because like again this podcast is 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 not only just for feelings it's also intellectual i don't want you to get i want to always just genuinely teach you not just talk to you and just tell you and just treat this as a diary um like a diary I want to treat this as like a a teaching student moment you know and and if you are a baby Christian which is kind of like the mindset I go into while creating these 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 things is like if a baby Christian were to come up to me and like ask me these things like I would want you to know these informative things rather than just like what I feel like God's purpose is for us like no this is what it says and from gathering from all angles of what our other christian brothers and sisters found about god's purpose um i would that's what i'm giving to you that's why i don't just go through catholic resources i also go through my other christian brothers and sisters resources because they're they they have god's purpose as well when them just because they're not catholic doesn't mean that they're less christian you know or less informative or less knowledgeable um, but yeah, so here is this article. As I said, 10 scriptures that reveal God's purpose and plan for your life. Um, I really liked on here. Sorry about that noise. Uh, my alarm clock is like dying. I, I I don't know why it's it's an alarm clock that has batteries that needs to be charged. Like that just really frustrates me. It's very inconvenient because like, you know what i'm not gonna go into it (laughs) okay um i'm gonna read a little bit that's because they talked about this okay those who answer the call um have a drive i call holy ambition i use the term to explain a unique determination with very ordinary commonplace followers with christ this commitment to god's agenda is developed over time stretched and grown by various life encounters and decisions god is still god is still in the business of calling out his people out his disciples ordinary people to make a difference in the world fulfilling his agenda will you will you answer the call will you submit to becoming a true disciple and discipling others study these verses and consider what god is asking you asking of you in this moment of history what is your holy ambition okay so first it gives us second corinthians 16 through 9 6 second corinthians chapter 16 verse 9 for the eyes of the lord go to in fro throughout the whole world 
that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. When you study great movements of God from the scripture, they all have something in common. They begin with a small group of people who, despite the mockery of others, trust that God will do exactly what he says he will do. And when he finds them, he strongly supports their calling. When you trust God, when you trust him with your whole heart, it does not matter where you came from. It does not matter the status on which um, your family is, your your financial status, any your social media status. If you truly trust God and what He give He's given you, He will flourish you and He will work through you. It doesn't matter if you're getting mocked; He will work through you. Um, the second the second one is First Corinthians. Um, did I say Second Chronicles? Or Corinthians. I hope I said Second Chronicles for the first verse. Second Chronicles, six, chapter sixteen, verse nine. The second verse is First Corinthians, chapter one, twenty-six through twenty-nine. Um, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Now many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Influential. Not many were noble of birth. Were of noble birth. Sorry. Let me read that again. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called not many of you were wise by human standards not many were influential i think i said that wrong not many were of noble birth but god chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise god chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong god chose the lowly things of this world and despised things in the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him look around god uses the regular baggage bearing hurt messy people to confound the wise it isn't about how much we can contribute in fact it appears that god goes to considerable efforts to avoid the gifted obviously i mean sorry oblivious servants and instead accomplishes his mission by utilizing the people who might have been overlooked or forgotten. So if you're that person that has is, can relate to that, can relate to the broken, can relate to the poor, can relate to the people who feel like they have no voice, no, and can't do nothing, he literally looks at you and he says, oh, I'm going to use you. And he gets excited. He doesn't look at the person who's gifted and can do all these things and goes, Hmm, I would rather have them than you because they seem no 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 no. He says I want you because you are going to when I let when I move in you, when I when I sit there and show you who you are, when I sit there and talk to you the way I talk to you, when I start flooding you with life instead of this death that you're in, ooh, you are gonna move, move, move. And you are not gonna you're gonna move so you're gonna move his kingdom and his people so much more powerfully than the one who is quote unquote perfect because no one's perfect um so the third verse is ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 for we are god's handiwork created in christ jesus to do good works which god prepared in advance for us to do as his handiwork as his handiwork He'll provide whatever you need to complete those good works. If you need courage, faith, money, staff, an idea, he will provide. If God can find a man, a woman, or a student whose heart is fully his, he will do extraordinary things through ordinary people for his glory. 
He will do extraordinary things through ordinary people for his glory. Whatever you need, he will provide. When he told you to go for it, he didn't say no, wait. No, well, sometimes he tells you to wait. But he doesn't say, oh, I'm telling you to do something that you can't do. Does that even make sense? If he ever, like, does that make sense? I'm going to go tell you to do something that you can't do. No. Anything that he tells you to do, you can do. It might not be on your time limit. It might not be within what you can see right now in this moment. But he told you to do it. Therefore, you shall do it. He didn't just tell you this just to get your hopes up. He told you this because he knows what he's done. Again, we know that he is the creator of time. He knows these things. He sees it. Are you going to believe it? Um, number four, Hebrews uh, chapter eleven, verse one. Now faith is being, now faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. Oh, I need some water. Sorry, guys. Um, faith has to do with what you can't see it's nothing more or nothing less than trusting in the character in the god and the promises of god to the point that you act in obedience whether you feel like it or not that's what faith is it's nothing more or nothing less than trusting in the character and the promises of god to the point that you act in obedience whether you feel like it or not okay verse five psalm chapter 51 verse 16 through 17 you do not delight in sacrifice or i would bring it you do not take pleasure in burnt offerings my sacrifice so god is broken is a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart you god will not despise i very much suggest you guys to pray um psalms 51 my father father bolin when i went to go confess um with him for the first time um, it wasn't my first confession. I've already confessed to three priests before, but it was my first confession with him. And it was also my first time because he's also in the ordinary order. So it's also a different, it's, it's not different, different, but there's a different, there's a difference, you know? Um, I was so nervous. I was, sh I was shaking. It was very nerve wracking to me, but he told me to pray Psalms 51 after I confessed to him and he, and he said, just pray that. I want you to pray that every day by yourself this week and forever as long as you need it. He was like, pray it. He was like, that's that's a person who knows they've sinned and they want to do better. And I did. And I, and I went home and I prayed it. And I just, I love it. When I remember, I it's crazy. I was thinking about this verse or this chapter today when I was um, praying today. And then it kind of, I got distracted. So I didn't do it, but. Yeah, I'm glad I got brought back to that so I can tell you guys is re definitely pray Psalms 51. It's a good, good, good one for when you're feeling incapable and not and undeserving of his love. Um, But yeah, so it says again, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My, my sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. Do you ever get caught up in a lie of believing you have to clean up before coming to God or that you've gone too far by living your by living by your own terms that you aren't even welcome in his presence no matter what you've done heaven will rush to connect with you upon this one occurrence it's called a broken spirit 
Only with a broken spirit can you truly grasp God's agenda and receive his passion and provision to see it through. So I had that I have that had that a lot where I've had to um hear the people close to me say, Oh, I'm indulging in this and in this and in this. I'm not worthy of going to church right now. I can't. I just don't feel right. But it's like how can you what does that even mean to clean up before you even go to God? You know? Because when he's he's watching you, it's not like his eyes immediately just turn on the minute you go to church. No, his eyes are is on 24-7. He's on watch all the time. That's why we trust and love him and know that he's our safeguard. It's because he's on alert all the time. So where do we think that we can just, quote unquote, get right and then... And then like everything else will like, then he'll like accept us. No, he wants you coming dirty, gross and nasty filled with sin. Even if you just got done drinking and you know, you just, you just down a beer or two before and, and it's early in the morning because you have an alcohol problem. No, he doesn't say, no, I don't want you to go to church today. No, he says you better get your butt in church because church is, is that. It's the aid to help you in the wilderness, you know, like we're when we walk out of church every Sunday or Wednesday, we are walking right back into the wilderness. We have to come back to God's house to to allow us to give us the tools to understand what all this is to make sense of to even help clean us up we have to get with him and get in his home and be protected by him and his people and to think that you're gonna walk into a place that a place of sinners because the church of god is a place of sinners it is not a place of righteous people who who are above anyone the minute you start feeling that in the church uh you better walk out because they they they're not humbled anymore they're prideful and they're if you should know if there's pride there ain't god and so um yeah and so when you're sitting there and you're wondering oh, but I did this, but I did that. I need to make sure I do this right. I need to do this right before I do this. You're just, you're just wait. You're just wanting excuses to stay in it. And you don't want to change. You don't want to move. You don't want to grow. You don't want to do what's necessary. So it helps you to say, oh, when I get better, then I'll go. Because when, let's be real, when are you going to get better? Because if you, if you went right now, despite of how you are how you feel and you went to church you took the courage you went that process like how in in, in with the israelites they t- what was supposed to take 11 days they it, it took 40 years when they were going in the wilderness what was supposed to take 11 days took 40 years that is the same thing what's what could happen what's was supposed to take just 11 days just a short period of time to heal you through and get you through you're now making it a lag you're lagging it on so get to his kingdom and again, we will go through what is his rightful kingdom so that you can understand what's true or not. Because I understand there are so many people who are just building buildings or just getting in buildings and just calling it the church of God and saying here. And that's not right. And that's not that's not really the true church of God, church of God, when it's just rooted like that. But, but yeah, so again, a broken spirit is how you can truly grasp God's agenda. He only works through broken people. 
he is he is a sucker for broken people he has he has so much compassion and mercy and love to show for broken people so if you're broken he wants you he loves you he wants to work with you he's excited when he sees you he's not looking at you with shame he's not looking at you with disappointment and resentment he's looking at you with love he is all rooted in love Anyone who's taught you differently about God that he's not rooted in love has completely lied to you. And I'm so sorry. And I pray that you work through that in Jesus name. Um, verse six, James four, James chapter four, verse six. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. In scripture, there's one thing every time that God is 100% against. When he sees it in a man, woman, child, when it happens in the Old Testament or the New Testament, or in the corporation, or or in a corporate corporation, or in it, or in an entire an entire nation he has a strong reaction he's not unhappy about it or displeased because of it he's against it because sorry kind of lost where i was going with what what this says sorry well, let me reread that when he sees it in a man woman child when it happens in the old testament or the new testament or in a corporation or in an, an entire nation he has a strong reaction he's not unhappy about it or displeased because of it he's just simply against it he brings consequences as a result of it and he hates it and that is called pride the scripture will help you determine your purpose and plan by instructing you on what kind of heart can grasp and ex execute a holy agenda for you so when you have a humble heart and not a prideful heart god can work through you like no other but when you have pride again what it said he's against it it's not because he's unhappy about it it's not because he's to please displeased because of it it's because he's just simply against it he hates it there's consequences that are brought from it because when there's pride there's just this ego that that gets built up that is just that you just think you're the God, you're God. That's what made Satan have to get doomed out of heaven is because he had pride. And there was a humongous consequence because of that. We are not to have pride. God does not teach us pride. He teaches us humbleness. Um, for verse 7, for the 7th verse, it's in Hebrews chapter 11, 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly, earnestly seek him. God is not impressed by us. Yes, he loves us and is pursuing us, but he is not impressed with our mortality, our knowledge, and our ministry at success. How do we please God? We trust him. Sorry to break it to you. That's why we must be humbled. It's because we cannot be sitting over here thinking that God's patting us on our, our back for simple, basic things like praying or like talking to his people and doing what he told us to do already and that he's already been telling us he's not sitting over here just like good job wow oh wow you did that today no he loves it he's so happy that you're like finding joy he's joyful duh but he's not sitting over here impressed by you though you're not impressing him by doing the bare minimum what impresses him is doing the actual like rare thing that we do speaking as christian as a christian 
as a sister in Christ, um, is trust him. We, we fall short with that Christian brothers and sisters in the world. We fall short from trusting him. That impresses him. He's like, whoa, you trust me? You're willing to do what I want you to do without whenever your flesh is telling you to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G instead. Wow. When the enemy has told you all these lies, you're, in, you're, you're, not, you're not giving in to that? You're trusting me? That's impressive. That not, not, oh, you have all these followers on Instagram? Oh, all, you have all these people that you're talking to that you're, you're teaching? Oh, you're doing all this. Oh, you're giving all these good testimonies. All, oh, you're, um, oh, you did all this. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. No, he's not impressed by that at all. He's impressed by because you trusted him and you let him show you what could be produced through that, which is could be those followers, which could be that influence, which could be, you know, producing a good daily life or a good night routine or whatever that may be or going going um, taking the courage to do what he told you to be in your um, career or what you know that's when you trust him with those things then those other things get produced because you simply trusted him and that's why he did what he did for you when you trust him um or what he will do for you if you haven't submitted to the trust of him i personally struggle with this 24 7 all the time i lack trust in god and i'm the first to say it and i want to truly work on that because when i do trust him oh he is just so good he is just so good um verse 8 proverbs chapter 29 verse 25 fear of men fear of men will prove to be a snare but whoever trusts in the lord is kept safe at some point in your time, you need to figure out who you want to be afraid of. You can fear people and their opinions, or you can fear God, but you can't fear both. One will free you, and the other one will imprison you. Will imprison you. Again, you have to. At one time, at one point in your life, you're going to have to figure out who are you going to be afraid of. Are you going to be afraid of the world and people and their opinions and what they got to say about you? Or are you going to have the fear of Lord, which I told you yesterday or last episode, which is the respect of following through with God's word and will. Again, one will free you and one will imprison you. What is your choice? Mm, that's good. Uh, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 through 27. No, I strike you. I No, sorry. <laughs> No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not disqualify for the prize. You have to find your fight. Either you are a slave to your body or it's a slave to you. Thankfully, you will, you will like its muscles, can be developed. Sorry. Thankfully, your will is like a muscle that can be developed and built over time. You got to fight. Ask God to make those areas clear if he hasn't. So what areas in your life that you are giving into your flesh and ask God to get that clarity? There's a um, there's a, a lot of the question is about God's purposes. What is my purpose? What is my purpose? And we're asking all these other people about what God's purpose is for us without actually going into the word and going into prayer and going into time with him. We take a lot of time with him for granted. We really think because 
we can't visibly see him and audibly hear him that therefore he does not speak or he does not see but that is the complete opposite when again you trust god to speak and you trust god to really tell you what is to be done he will and you have to and you might and there's just just maybe this frustration that you're asking everybody else and you're going to all these other things but it's like go to him ask him take the courage to just stop and and look up and ask him what do you want from me and what is it that i'm not doing that's right and what can i do to be better um you have to fight the fight we're all fighting a fight what is your fight you cannot sit here and be christian and just think that you're gonna go through this with just walking through rainbows and skipping and through the meadow of flowers and just singing christian music that's just not how this goes you're gonna fight and you're gonna have to because he wants a warrior so what is your fight and are you gonna fight or are you gonna give up um verse 10 philippians chapter 2 verse 5 through 8 in your relationship with one another have the same mindset as christ jesus who being in the very nature of god did not consider equality with god something to be used to his own advantage rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likelessness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross In this portion of the scripture, the author describes Jesus who perfectly demonstrated demonstrated a dislocated and contrite heart. He is our example. God was God. I mean, Jesus was God. And yet he did not sit there and make himself ever feel like he was above God, even though he was God. Like, you know how you know how humble you have to be. When you've been there all along throughout the creation, throughout Genesis, all that you've been mentioned, you've been prophesied, and you're still humbled and you are his servant, God's servant, instead of saying, no, I'm God. I don't got to do all this because he still has free will. Jesus is human. He had free will just as we had free will. He wasn't subjected to that. He had it. He wasn't just like um, daddy's uh, favorite. No, he had free will. He could have went off of it, but he didn't. And that's why he's our example um so yeah that is the second part is god's purpose and plan revealed to us through scripture and the third part i have for us is when you feel out of god's it's the third part is when you feel out of god's purpose because there is that so there's some people who already know their purpose but it's like okay but i've lost it though and i don't know how to get back to it and this one this article is really good at describing that um let's see okay make sure i'm doing good okay cool um six signs that you may not being sorry let me tell you the article first duh is it's it's called it is not it is god's purpose for your life in quotations it says or sorry in parentheses it says and how to find it this website is cornerstone.edu. The article again is what is God's purpose for your life in parentheses and how to find it. The website is cornerstone.edu. So in this it says um, it breaks down six signs that you may not be living in God's purpose. And then it breaks down six signs or six ways to regain your purpose. So I'm going to go through that with you. 
So the first sign is you're blatantly living in sin. Let's start with the obvious here. If you're blatantly disobeying the Bible, you're not living in God's purpose and your will certainly you will certainly experience a sense of aimless aimlessness aimlessness in your life. This one is pretty straightforward, so we don't need to spend much time on it here. So if you are not feeling like you're feeling you're not uh sorry, if you feel like you have may not be living in God's purpose, one of the main signs is you're blatantly living in sin. If you're if it goes against God's will and God's word and it's not pure and it's not holy and it's not sober and it's um not in moderation, then it is a sin if it's taking over your life and it's taking a toll on you and your relationship with Jesus. Um, number two, you lack joy and excitement. If you're hap- if you wake up every day filled with apathy or dread or total boredom, you're probably not doing what you're meant to do. God has created you uniquely and has really good things planned for you. And one of and one of the one of the parts of the fruit of the spirit is joy. Um, sure, there will be a diff- be difficult things you encounter that require patience and persistence but overall you should have a sense of joy and excitement that fills your day um your days your work and your relationships so one one way that you cannot be living in god's purpose is that you're not joyful you're not excited you're not like living you're not you're waking up every day and you're just like oh again you should never be a christian thinking that I get it when you're a baby Christian, you're learning through Christ and you got to do it. And you're like, you're going from the world to Christ. But when you're a born Christian, you should never be thinking, oh, another day. That's when you know you're not doing what, doing um, God's purpose in your life. Um, it says in his book, Desiring God, John Piper says, the pursuit of joy in God's and God is not optional. It's not an quote-unquote extra that a person might grow into after he comes to faith. So joy is not optional. It is a demand. <laughs> the third sign is you don't feel much fulfillment in your life. If you go about your days experiencing little fulfillment, you may be wondering from God's from your you may be wondering from your God-given purpose. Fulfillment comes from doing rewarding, meaningful purpose purposeful things from a job that taps into your skill and passions from a relationship that involves giving and receiving from hobbies that are um invigorating instead of mind-numbing yes you will have to do certain things that are boring and unfulfilling but if you are but if your entire life is gray you probably need to change Mm. So again, there's going to be times and periods because sometimes the waiting period can be boring. That's why we tend to be like, what are we doing? What do we need to do? What do we need to do? What do we need to do? Rather than wait and trust the Lord for his timing. But it shouldn't be like that all the time. You shouldn't always be feeling like, what am I doing with my life? And not 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 fulfilling filled. Oh my goodness, I can't speak right now. Um, You should always be feeling majority of your time and your existence should be fulfilling. Be feeling fulfilling should be feeling fulfilling that's really a tongue tie right there um was it this was this the fifth way let me see or the fourth way one two three this is the fourth way the fourth way 
The fourth sign that you may not be living in God's purpose is you work so that you don't have to work. Mm. You work so you don't have to work. You know the feeling you know the feeling of pointless work. You go to the office, clock in, do your job, and then go home collapse and collapse in front of the television. You work for the weekends and for retirement. All true joy you experience comes from the things outside of work, from hobbies or friends or side jobs. And I think it's Ekelas. Oh, goodness. I did this in the last episode and I still am suffering. I mean, struggling. Sorry, guys. I got to look up a word of how to pronounce it because I'm terrible. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes says, um, where did it go? It says in chapter 8, verse 15, I commend joy for men has nothing better under the sun but to eat, drink, and be joyful. For this will go with him in his toil through these through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. What would you, sorry, would you say that this kind of joy char- uh, characterizes your life and work. If not, you need to rethink where you're headed. So you shouldn't be just working, just working, just working, just working, just working, going home, sleeping on weekends, do your thing, then leave, and then the weekend's over. Go back, work, 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 work. Your real, f- your real joy, the real things that you try, that you find fulfilling, is not only your work, but also the things outside of your work. Like, again, your friends, your hobbies, and your side jobs, your joy. I mean, um, your goals. Like, those are going to make you. So, if you're working so you don't have to work, meaning if you're only, if you're just so focused on your job, your 9-to-5 job, your, or it might not be a 9-to-5 job, whatever job you have so that you don't have to do God's work, too, that's probably why you're feeling the way that you're feeling right now. Um, number five, you feel stuck. If you desperately want change but also feel totally stuck in your life, that's almost certainly a sign that you're not walking according to God's purpose. Those who are stuck want to go in a particular direction but don't know how to get there. So they spin their wheels feeling endlessly frustrated but but unsure of how to make the frustration end. Do you feel trapped? If you feel trapped in this moment in your time of your life and you feel stuck and you feel like you can't get out of it, again, that is a number one sign that you're not living in God's will because you're never going to feel stuck and you're never going to feel any type of negative emotions when you're doing what God wants you to do. It just doesn't correlate. If you feel stuck and you need change and you're like, what? You need to look and take some reflection within yourself for a little bit because don't get too focused on yourself because then depression will come in but focus on yourself enough to have accountability and responsibility of what you need to do better to get out of this place of feeling stuck because there is something you can do about it and thinking that you don't can't do nothing about it or thinking that you have done something about it but reality if that was the truth you wouldn't be in it then um then you still wouldn't be feeling stuck um and then where do you realize that accountability and responsibility comes from you then reflect on how you can look at treat other people better do other do for others better or what other people that are not doing for you better and take them out of your lives 
you can do it i promise you if you feel stuck because i get that i really do get that i'm in that state right now and i'm doing the work to get me out of it and it's been working the sixth way is you have no direction if you don't know god's purpose for your life you constantly feel a sense of aimlessness you feel as though you're wandering from thing to thing without any forward progress nothing excites you and you don't have any specific goals you're working towards unlike the israelites you wander for 40 years yet still had a goal sorry unlike the israelites who wandered 40 years yet still had a goal you don't even have a goal in front of you hmm you should always god's not going to give you the plan all laid out for you but he's going to give you the goals to succeed to that plan whether those are small or big he will give you the proper goals the proper habits the proper things to take out in order for you to reach the plan that he has designed for you so thinking that he's going to give you the whole plan is where we kind of get to like where we're like, oh, but he hasn't talked to me, he hasn't showed me it, because we want everything right in front of us, and that's just not going to happen. He's going to give you goals, he's going to tell you to get out of these habits, he's going to tell you to get into new habits, he's going to try to wake you up differently, he's going to tell you to go to sleep differently, he's going to tell you to eat differently, he's going to tell you to drink differently, he's going to tell you to speak differently, he's going to tell you to look at things, don't be looking at everything that you see and think it's true, don't be giving your eyes all access to all this nasty tv and nasty music and listening to all this nasty music listen to good things put good things in your life he's going to tell you these things he's not going to just leave you just like i have this for you now just do it he's going to tell you how to get to do get to doing what he wants you to do so six ways to regain your purpose go into go to god in prayer again let's start with the obvious if you feel purposeless ask god to give you wisdom and direction James 1 5 states, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask him, let him ask God, who gives generously without reproach, who gives generously without reproach and will be given and will, oh my goodness, why am I so bad at reading? Like this is so embarrassing. Let me do that again. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously without reproach, and it will be given, and it will be given him, and it will be given him. Oh, that's why it sounds weird, because it's written weird. Sorry. <laughs> Wish I had the energy to edit that out, because that was embarrassing, but I'm keeping it in. That says that's incredibly good news it says god wants to give you a purpose he wants to bestow divine wisdom onto you it's not like god is holding on holding out on you um to make you miserable he desires you to have a joyful ambitious purposeful life ask god for purpose and expect him to give it to you so that was like what i was telling you last time go to god stop going to other people stop going to everything else go to him Go to him and trust him. If you're here like wanting to listen and, and find that, why not go to him? Why are you trusting in me more than you're trusting in him? Go to him. Um, second, dig into God's word. The primary way God speaks to us is through the Bible. This means the one 
This means the one of the first things you should do in your search for God's purpose is to start to dig into scripture. Now, you won't find any verses that will tell you how to become a a dance instructor or a dance instructor or a painter, but you will begin to understand the heart of God. And Psalms um, 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word brings light to the path and that otherwise seems dark. In the Bible, you will learn how to live wisely in God's word, which is the first step towards finding your purpose. Read the word. It's hard. It's You're not going to get it at first. It's going to take you a couple reads. It's going to take you a couple tries. You're probably going to need multiple, multiple different type like me i have i don't just have just i have the original bible of course that i always go to but i also have the spiritual growth bible i also have um the i think it's the new catholic study bible i have multiple i have the king james version bible i have multiple sources of the bible than just my original bible that one i stay and i keep so that i i base off all the other bibles off this one if it doesn't correlate if all the other bibles don't correlate with this one then it doesn't then i don't follow it of course because again translation can get weird when you're looking at like for instance the spiritual growth bible they could be it's not word for word that's what is actual scripture if that makes sense it's and what's interpreted of what the scripture means I hope that makes sense. Um, so I just try to always make sure to bring it back. And if it correlates, if it makes, if it's making sense with the original, then I follow. But I need those multiple sources to help me understand it. And I only understand the word the way that I do is because I've read it multiple times. Not the whole Bible, but the books that I do read. I read them multiple times before I talk about them. Um, or I really just go, you know, you really have to be um, in prayer and in the word not just reading the word um but we will go into more detail about that but read your word start somewhere though number i believe three determine your gifts and strengths god has given you a very specific gift sorry god has given you very specific gifts and strengths maybe you're a math whiz or a wise counselor maybe you have a mind for electronics or business maybe you're great at organizing people and getting things done god's purpose for you probably involves the things you're already good at this is where education can be particularly valuable going to college or going back to college allows you to discover your gifts and then determine how to bring how you're going um to use them it also connects you with people who um, want to help you find your purpose college is not in your um, field of course he will always bring the right people to you to you to help you and the right resources to help you guide you towards um your education and and growing more in those but again it says god's purpose for you probably involves the things that you're already good at things that you already feel fulfillment in um he even if you're fulfilling them in the worldly ways, they're still his gifts, but you're just using them wrong. If you use them for what he wants, you could see them flourish the way that they're supposed to. And so you have something that you're good at. You have something that you're passionate about. And he's not sitting over there saying, "Ugh, that ain't for you. Let me just do this instead and just trying to make you be miserable. And if he does do that, it's only because it's really not making you happy. Would this one make you more happier? It's only ever, all this is all ever for your good. It's never for, like, to make you 
suffer. Um, number four, determine your passions. What is one thing God particularly, what, sorry, what is one thing you're particularly passionate about? Really, this can be anything. Business, art, economics, um, elevating poverty, or whatever. If money wasn't an issue, what would you, what would you love to do? Determining your passions often helps you figure out what God has called you to do. It is often said that God works at the intersections of our gifts and our passions. Where do your gifts meet your passions? That may be where God's purpose is for you. So if money wasn't an issue, what is what are you particularly passionate about? Because it says again that God works at the intersection of our gifts and our passions. So what, what, where do your gifts meet your passions? What are you passionate about? And where are the gifts that he's given you meet those passions? Because that is going to maybe produce your purpose for you. Five, um, bring others into your life. Proverbs um, 11 verse 14 says, where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. In other words, one of the main ways God will help you find your purpose is through others. A a need is met there. Your counselors should be the people you trust, whether it is your professor, professors, parents, or friends. It needs to be people who have your back and want the best for you. You want wise counselors to help you find God's purpose for you. Because this life, especially this Christian life, and going through what we're going through and getting fed with all this stuff that we get fed with, we need people who are going to center us and tell us, wait, no, that wasn't actually right. No, you weren't told this right. Or no, you should be doing this right. We don't need to be having yes men as our counselors. We need to be having men, no men in our counselors that tell us, no, you shouldn't be doing this. But also yes men as well, of course. We need the middlemen that are going to tell us yes when it's when it needs to be a yes and no when it needs to be a no and that's how we really grow because we can't grow by ourselves because how does that even work if that that doesn't um we get too focused on ourselves we don't really know our own inform like know our own feelings a lot of the times and even though we're aware of things that we should do better we just don't do them but when we talk about these with people when they tell us these things it just clicks a lot more it just sticks a lot more so surround yourself with people um and number six it says take a solitude retreat sometimes it can it can be incredibly helpful to get away from it all and take some unhurried time to think pray and journal you don't have to spend a week in the woods for this to be effective even just a day away from the hustle and grind can be hugely rewarded rewarding during these retreats allow yourself to simply be still to ponder to ask god for direction to listen to his voice this doesn't need to be complicated complicated and doesn't need to be uh it doesn't need to require any elaborate rituals hebrews eleven six is a reminder that god always rewards those who seek him he is not hiding in the dark trying to keep his will hidden from you he wants to guide you so allow him so sometimes we just need quietness which i feel like is the best antidote so that was six ways that you could not be in god's purpose and six ways to get back to god's purpose and the fourth section of this video is 
what our purpose means for his people. In Article 4, it's your life has a purpose. It's by the Church of Jesus Christ.org. Let me find it for y'all guys. Okay. Where I have it broken down. Okay. Loving others. Sorry guys, let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Wait, what? Oh. <laughs> okay. So in this article, it is broken down in multiple parts, but I am not going to read this whole article. Um, so I took out the parts that really are about this particular part we're talking about, which is our purpose, what our purpose means for God's people. Um, so yeah, so the one of them is loving others adds meaning to life. Giving and receiving love adds meaning to life. Family can be a great source of love but no matter your family's circumstances when we show love to others we draw closer to god and come to understand his plan as the people as the bible teaches let us love one another for god is love for the love for love is of wait what let us love one another for love is of god and everyone that loveth is born of god and knoweth god first john chapter 4 verse 7 loving others adds meaning to life again when you stop focusing on yourself and focus on other people you stop suffering suffering when you focus on yourself you you really do get depressed you get insecure you get anxious you get all these things that god doesn't have in store for you but when you focus on people and and giving and doing for other people it really does shape what all this is for um you're a blessing to others your actions have the power to greatly bless the lives of your family friends and the people around you as you strive to follow jesus christ by serving and showing kindness to others you leave your mark and mark you leave your mark and make the world a better place don't underestimate the potential you have to influence others for good whether you whether by your service or your example you as we are supposed to be fragrance of fragrances of jesus christ we're supposed to smell like him we're supposed to always be when people walk when we walk into the room they're just supposed to know oh this person has something different about them this person has something there's something about them that is supposed to be gravitating towards you now that's not going to be you're not going to be gravitating towards the person that's always in the flesh and who has been giving into the world but to the person that is seeking refuge and the person that is lost you will be a blessing to them because of the way you move the way you act the way that you are the way you talk the smile on your face christians should have smiles on their face 24 7 there shouldn't be christians that have these dreadful miserable looks there sh you should be smiling you have god in your life um let me see you can find joy as you follow god's plan the purpose of God's plan is to provide us with eternal happiness. The more you understand his plan, the more you realize you can make it back to God on your own. He might uh, He made it possible for every sin and every mistake you make during this test. Wait, what? He made it possible for every sin and every mistake you make during this test of life to disappear and be forgotten through Jesus Christ. It takes sincere repentance. It takes baptism, baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost. 
and it's and it takes continuous effort to return to God. But through Jesus Christ, the center of God's plan, you can do it. You are on this earth to become better, to come to know God and to find happiness. As you follow God's plan and his commandments, you can experience joy now and throughout your life. Okay? Your purpose God sat here and he knows every mistake you're going to make. He, he already knew what you were going to do. He knows what you're going to do in five seconds from now after you after you listen to this. He knows you. But yet he loves you and he cares for you. And he still has a purpose for you. And he still seeks out for you. And he still wants you. So don't think that because of you're going to make mistakes and because of all these things, he's just immediately just tossed you aside. He never tosses you aside. He will never forsake you. Um, but you have to have true repentance you have to be baptized you have to ha receive the holy and receive the holy ghost because that's how you receive him truly and fully it's through baptism him as in the holy spirit uh, and we are to always remember that we are all members of the body of christ according to first corinthians 12 chapter 12 i mean chapter 12 verse 12 through 27 he states very much of how you know you can't just because you know the foot is not is not less useful than the hand and if the and the eye is not more useful than the hand and and there's no part of the body that is more useful or less useful than the other they all have a purpose they all have a reason if you were to cut off your foot your cut out your eye do any of this then you would mess up your body and we are all members of Christ and we're all the body of Christ and we may do have to do our part and through doing our part in the body is by fulfilling our purpose out and so yes what does it say and then i'm gonna end it i guess i had it in five parts which is glorifying gods in our life and i have this in page let me see one thousand three hundred and twelve i keep doing that because i have asmr channel guys so i'm sorry I get used to that. Okay, I'm going to just read this and then we're done for today. Glorifying, this is in my spiritual Bible, the spiritual growth Bible, NLT. And it's in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. Or it's on the page of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 on page 1312 glorifying god in our lives god wants us to glorify him whether you eat or drink whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it for the glory of god it um according to first corinthians verse 10 through 31 um verse no chapter 10 through 31 it is hard to understand literally what it means for us to glorify god but on a metaphor metaphorical level we can think of it this way we are god's image and so he wants us to reflect back the glory shining out of him when that reflected glory shines from us back to him we become more like god we both have glory shining from out of us we reflect god's glory back to him so we can so we can be said so we so we can be said to glorify god returning to a moral a 
I am really over myself in this episode. I cannot read, and I apologize that y'all had to endure an hour and 11 minutes of me stuttering and not reading right. It is getting frustrating at this point. But anyways, um, returning to a more literal description of this process, glory refers to all of God's perfection, such as his love, grace, and his goodness. For us to glorify God is to be holy as he is holy, good as he is good, loving as he is loving. To glorify God is is to image him. Remember that the image of God is both a fact and a norm. It is a fact what we are how god made us but it is also a norm a duty a responsibility god wants us to be like him for he said be holy because i am holy according to um i think it's leviticus chapter 11 45 and first peter's first peter chapter 1 verse 16 so the main purpose of all that is to glory all of our purpose is to glorify god 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 yes we might be doing this yes he might bring us so much so much good things within the purpose that we're giving but it all it all goes to glorify him at the end of the day and so with that being said i hope that helped i hope that guided i hope that did something for you i always feel at the end of this that i did not that i did not do much i did not talk the way i was supposed to talk and i always second guess myself but i always go back and listen and i'm like okay this wasn't as bad as i thought um but please give me your feedback as well thank you (laughs) the question i have for you today is what has god called you to do that you have been too afraid to listen to what has god called you to do that god that you what has god called you to do that you have been too afraid to listen to please 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 answer that in either the uh youtube version youtube comments of the christ mind podcast my instagram the christ mind podcast or on my facebook the christ mind podcast and the assignment i have for you today is take a step of courage what is that for you pray about it grow about it it what is courage courage is doing stuff despite the fear it's not just having this like oh i could do this i could do this i could do this it's saying that but it's but while feeling i can't do this i can't do this i can't do this that is courage is doing it anyways despite that fear so take a step of courage that's my assignment for you today and um yeah let's do this and oh also remember you're not doing it for their approval for the god's you're not doing it for god's uh, people's approval you're doing it for god's approval let's remember that because sometimes we grow as christians can be people pleasers to god's people because we think oh that's what he wants for us but he really but he does want you to do that for his people but he also always wants you to stay remembering that his approval is the best approval and only approval you should be seeking for so that is it guys thank you so much again for joining me today in this video in this episode where i assure you that you are not alone you are called to do something and thank you so very much for joining me in this series as we end this first season um off the christ mind podcast and thank you for being a part of it and i hope that within these uh five weeks we were able to truly grow with one another and you were i was able to help you with something within these five weeks um the next series we're going to be going over is called this called this series quote unquote this series and we'll be going over seven um topics which i'm excited to give to you 
But yes, let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you, Father, for this, for this series, for this time, for your wisdom, for your knowledge, for your grace, for your mercy, for your love. Thank you. Thank you for helping me teach. I hope that I was able to really speak for you and through you. And, but yeah, I was able to speak for you. And I was able to represent you who represent who you wanted me to be, Father. I pray over anyone who listens to this, anyone who touches this, Father, that they may carry this on with them, that they may understand that they got something called for them to do and to do it, Father, and to pursue it, and to go after it, despite the fear and fight that may come with it to understand that there is consequences with the yes as much as there's consequences with the no that we say to you father and what you want us to do so i pray for us in our spirits and our minds i pray that we play it's the armor of god onto us and i just ask that you may protect us in this week ahead and always father in jesus name we pray amen in the name of the father son and the holy spirit thank you again guys I appreciate you. You're appreciated. Go live out your purpose. Go live out what God has for you. You are not alone. You are called. Yes, you might be your own enemy. And yes, you might be the problem. But you have a purpose. And I am so grateful to have you. Bye. Love you. See you next Wednesday. Yeah.